You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, we're off and running, people, on a Wednesday, October 14th. Hey there. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show, like the guy just said. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Gee, what will we ever talk about today? I can't, I can't imagine. And, and the show's already begun. Well, look. If you would like to speak about a topic, there's a phone number for that. You can call in, we'll take your call, and then you can uh, you know, get whatever off your chest that you want to get off your chest. That number, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm also on Twitter. I'm on that platform, at Gordon Dammer. I'm in, on Instagram, at Gordon Dammer. No sounds for Instagram. And uh, we will have a daily poll question. I gotta be honest, I'm still kind of formulating as the show has already begun, but you know, I had planned to open the show today talking about the Yankees. Now you're probably saying, Gordon, you always talk about it. Yeah, that is, I, I look, I, you gotta be honest with uh, yourself. That is my default position. And I will admit, with the Astros losing again to the Rays, ah, oh, you hate to see it, don't you? The Rays now up in that series three games to none. Certainly seems like the Rays are going to the World Series. And part of me feels like, well, does that make it easier to accept the Yankees' loss? Or does it really make it more painful, right? You might make it a little easier. And when you first look at it and think about it, the Rays are just going to, it seems, just kind of roll through the Astros, if not in four games, maybe in five. But that, that's pretty much rolling through, and you went five. At least you had a little bit of a back and forth in your series. This series, not so much. So you might feel like, and I think initially when I thought about it, I said, oh, it kind of makes it a little bit easier. But then the fact you were basically, what, two runs away from maybe being able to do the same thing. that he, Now, I get it. That's, that's a little bit more imagination than reality. But at least it's there. So when you start to think about it a little bit more, I think it actually makes it more painful. So let's not think about it. Why would we think about things that are painful? No, we'll get to the Yankees because Hal Steinbrenner was obviously on the K show yesterday. But remember, it was a few years ago now. There was that viral video clip. There was a, a father, and he's speaking on some sort of news show. I, I, I have to apologize. I don't even know the guy's name. But he was talking on some sort of news program, and he seems like he's sitting in like a studio. And then all of a sudden, the door to the studio swings open, and his little daughter comes like bursting through the door, and she's like stomping around while he's on camera. He can't see her, but then she kind of comes up from behind and is kind of clawing on Deb. And then the little girl comes through. Then a, and a, little, a kid in a, like a little uh, stroller thing comes through. And then the mom comes sliding into view. It was, it was it, it, as I said, it went viral. Well, at least for this year, the Yankees are the dad, at least in this moment. The Yankees are the dad who's talking, right? The, the topic you, th- you thought you were getting. And uh, the little girl, that would be the New York Jets. It is incredible that there can still be topics involving the the most god-awful team that we have watched in a very long time that still make them worthy of discussion. And again, as everybody always brings up, 
Not exactly a banner time for New York sports. But between the Giants being as god-awful as they have been under Dave Gettleman, the Knicks, all the embarrassments of the New York Knicks, just in terms of a product on the field, on the court, the actual team, not the, not the other stuff, but, well, I guess you could have the other stuff too, but in terms of the product, on the, there has been no team in this town as bad as this. They've not won a game, and they've not even really been close to winning a game. They had one game that were, they were kind of competitive in, and they lost that one by nine points in a league where every game is a touchdown or less. So somehow, and again, this is an organization in the Jets. I, I talked about talking about the Yankees as my default position. The Jets being bad is their default position. Like if you said to somebody woke up from a coma and you said to them, well, you know, a lot of people are talking about the Jets. and the, Oh, why? Why are they talking about the Jets? Well, it's because they're terrible. Well, yes, I know that. Like, no matter how long the person was in a coma, unless they were in 50 years, they would assume that the Jets have been. No, but it's worse than that. As I said a couple of weeks ago, the 2020 Jets, you have to see it to believe it. So this is not new. But and and but this is not a remake. This is not a sequel. This is a whole new story. This is a whole new level of bad. The movie title that fits more than any of the ones that we batted around. A league of their own. They are in a whole different category from the NFL, from all the ineptitude of New York sports. So yesterday, the inevitable happens. Le'Veon Bell's time. The Livion Bell era with the Jets has come to an end. No one more excited about it than Livion Bell. I think you would be hard-pressed, as I said yesterday, to find a move that went this bad really even before it was made, certainly once it was made, from day one. It was never going... It's amazing. You would be hard-pressed. And think about all the moves that the Yankees make, that the Mets make. I, maybe Jed Lowry? I don't know. I guess that one would be close because he never played. But I think even when you... I don't think it went that bad because you didn't make it like right away and there was already stories about how bad it was. It took a little while. Usually NFL teams reward their players with game balls. The Jets reward their players by making them ex-Jets. It's the nicest thing that they can do. So the Bell signing was a disaster. And speaking of example after example after example, you could make a serious case that the Bell move was the worst one that Mike McCagnan ever made. Think about that. Think about that. All the moves, all the busted draft picks. They paid him $27 million for 17 games. He scored four touchdowns. He had zero games of 100 yards. Now, before we get to the other side of this, the more popular side of this, Bell was always going to be a bad signing. I said that right from jump. You don't invest, even when you have that level of ineptitude in terms of talent, you, you don't sink money into the running back. I mean, how many times have we said that? Oh, my God. 
And no matter how much you want to criticize Adam Gase, how much you want to criticize Mike Pecagden, if you want to criticize Joe Douglas, if you want to criticize ownership, that's all fair, and we will get to that. But let's be fair in, in the process. Livion Bell did not hold up his end of the bargain. He was not the same player he was in Pittsburgh. He gained weight last season as the year went on. He admitted openly, publicly, out loud, not with the inside voice, his outside voice, that he just didn't have the same fire, the same passion, the same drive. Never mind, you know, showing up to the bowling alley after missing time because he had the flu. Yes, he had the Jets flu. That's what he had. He had the Adam Gase flu. It's been going around. This year, after Jamal Adams worked his way out of town, he criticized Jamal for recruiting him here. But then once that happened, he said, well, let me get me the hell out of here, too. The only reason he came here was for the money. That's it. It was the only place that was willing to give him money. One of the other signs that it was a terrible move from jump. No... He went into free agency, sat out a year with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and nobody was looking to sign him, certainly not anywhere close to what the Jets were. And it was one thing after another with Bell here, criticizing the coach over his hamstrings, and he proceeds to get hurt, then liking tweets about his use. I mean, you're a grown man. You're 28 years old liking tweets. He did nothing for the Jets. He was not a team guy. I keep seeing Jet fans Don't worry, Lev. We know the deal. He didn't want to be here. He's not on your side. He came here for for money. That's it. And he couldn't wait to get away from your team. So don't be like supporting him. He's not blameless in the situation. Now, he's not the most blameful in the situation, but he's not blameless either. So let's get that straight right off the bat. Because it would be one thing if... It was all on Le'Veon Bell. That would make it simple. Problem is, the Jets find themselves in this position a lot. Like, you might even say, all the time. And the really scary thing is, is what this move tells me more than any, and Michael Kay yesterday said something, oh my God, it was so scary on his show. But what this move kind of tells you is that while Joe Douglas has the GM title, Adam Gase is his boss. This is classic Adam Gase. Classic. And what did I say when Gase got the job? Unfortunately, I said he wasn't the worst move ever. That was wrong. (laughs) Revision on that one. I mean, you could have picked, uh, I I don't even know what, a Magic 8-Ball sitting right here. Was Magic 8-Ball, was Adam Gase the worst hire the Jets could have made? Oh, the stupid dice. You can never see it. My, oh boy, I can't, I got to get the glasses on. That's the problem. My sources say yes. Well, that's all you need to know, right? Magic 8-Ball even knows it. This move is classic Adam Gase. And I said it right from jump. If a player ever, if he doesn't like a player or a player ever gets in his doghouse, forget it. It won't work. He's never getting out. And Le'Veon Bell was a move that Adam Gase did not want. And you know that because if you found that out almost immediately. And think of the gall. Think of just the cojones of Adam Gase. Like if you were a coach who came here and you had some real level of success, Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl time, if John Harbaugh 
left the Ravens and became the Jets head coach in some bizarre world. Poor John Harbaugh. But if he did, and he got here and he said, you know what, the GM signed this guy. This guy just does not fit what I'm looking to do. Maybe you'd give it a little bit more of a pat. This is Adam Gase who is saying this. It doesn't work for you. You are the worst head coach in football. You are a brilliant offensive mind. You can't find a spot for this guy? You can't use this guy in any way? You can't You can't maximize the talent of Le'Veon Bell? Now, I don't think that Bell is the same player. But if you wanted to have faith that he might not uh, be good anymore, well, there's no better track record than getting away from Adam Gase. And maybe there's no better track record in the NFL. You know, usually coaches or players, maybe there's a little bit of uh, up and down. When it comes to the after Adam Gase All-Stars, players, when they are free from Adam Gase, all of a sudden, they turn into superstars. And it's a pretty long track record. You could come up with a team. In fact, Brian, hit the music. Let's introduce... You're after Adam All Pros. Starting at quarterback. The number one pick, I think you'd have to say, even now, of the after Adam All Pros. Seemed done in Miami. Injury problems, inconsistency, was never the player that they thought and that he has been since. Your number one pick for the after Adam All Stars, Ryan Tannehill. Your quarterback. At wide receiver, at one wide receiver, we have a lot of wide receivers. We can have a lot of guys on this team. First round pick, never showed much of anything, and now is an unquestioned number one receiver. Playing through injury, his best year of his career, once he got away from Adam Gase. From Louisville, wide receiver, Devontae Parker. At the other wide receiver position, all Jet fans, you know him. You know him well. Seemed like an okay wide receiver. There wasn't any great outrage when he signed elsewhere. Nice player. Now, based on five games, granted, small sample size, he's one of the best wide receivers in football. He's on pace for over 100 catches and over 1,500 yards. He is Robbie Anderson. At Should we do running back next? Yeah, why not? Let's do running back. Well, I guess you could have... Jay Ajay, right? The only reason why the Dolphins won 10 games in Gase's first year and made the playoffs is because Jay Ajay ran for 200 yards a game. And he didn't start the season opener because Gase didn't like something or other. And uh, eventually he got back in the doghouse and they punished Jay Ajay by trading him to the Eagles so he could win a Super Bowl. That'll teach him. The other running back, you know, you need a stable of running backs. You don't want to invest a whole bunch of money in one guy. That would be silly. Kenyon Drake. You could have Damian Williams there, too, if you wanted, but he's sitting out the year, so I figured I'll, I'll, he'll be the third string running back. Tight end, Mike Gesicki, seemed like a busted pick. Suddenly not anymore. I mean, you have a whole team. And again, I probably could come up with some defensive guys as well, but he doesn't – Adam Case is not about the defense. He's about developing the quarterback, offensive mind, brilliant offensive mind. Oh, my goodness. It's a full team of after-Adam All-Stars. So I don't think that Le'Veon Bell has much left in the tank. 
But boy, oh boy, based on track record, you'd be crazy to bet against him. And really, this all comes down to one guy. And while I do think that, that Bell has some, some blame here, he's not blameless in this situation, it really comes down to Adam Gase. I mean, this is classic Adam Gase. And him coming out the other day, was it Monday? Saying that, that he hates the way that players deal with things nowadays, like Le'Veon Bell going on Twitter and liking tweets. He hates that. that I mean, who are you kidding? You are the king of non-confrontation. He still denies he got McCagnon fired, and he should take credit for that. That's been his only good move. And the, the, another example of how Gase is the king of non-confrontation. He spoke to the media yesterday about Bell and how he didn't like... Had he spoken to Bell? Had he gone as the head coach of the team? Your, I mean, star running back. I mean, he's the highest paid player on the team. Did he go to the running back and say, dude, what are you doing, man? Why, why would you do this? Let's, let's, work, let's work this thing. No, of course not. I mean, you at this point, you could make a serious argument for this organization, which is known as a joke that the, big, the biggest one is hiring Adam Gase, more so than Belichick res- running out of town, resigning on a cocktail napkin or the butt fumble or uh, Fireman Ed, their own super fan couldn't take it anymore. Or the coach tripping a player on the sidelines, or, or Geno Smith getting punched by a teammate, or Rex Ryan's foot fetish. You could make the argument that this is the biggest embarrassment in the history of the Jets. The fact that Adam Gase has taken over and has taken a team that wasn't any good to begin with and has just pile-drive them, like Paul Orndorff from back in the day, pile-drive them, into the ground. And I'm sure for a lot of Jet fans, the the reaction is going to be poor Sam Darnold. He never had a chance. They aren't going to end up trading him. If you like Sam Darnold at all, you should be begging for him to be traded. Mainly because, based on the track record, getting away from Adam Gase seems like, for a lot of players, it's the best thing that has ever happened in their careers. Oh my goodness, the Jets just elbowing their way into the topic of conversation once again, right? It was all nicely planned. We'll do a little Yankee talk. We'll talk about Hal Steinbrenner. And uh, here come the Jets once again. It's amazing. We go days without talking about the Giants, right? We, we go time without talking. Yeah, they're 0-5. And I do think that they are fa- – I mean, for Joe Judge, the amount of, well, you know, they're not uh, – they're competitive. Blah, blah, blah. If they lose to Washington, I think that that's going to uh, – I think that that's going to flip. And uh, all of a sudden, 0-6, losing to the Washington football team, uh, that uh, makes it harder to envision uh, any kind of real progress this year. But we go days without talking about the Giants, and they've been terrible. But the Jets, they're terrible, and they find ways to force their way into the conversation. And they have today as well, with the move yesterday that uh, Livion Bell released by the Jets. Our poll question for today, very simple. Is his release a big deal? Either A, of course, or B, not really. I would have to say not really. I don't think that Livion Bell now is going to go someplace else. Look, he'll have more success. And as I pointed out, the ad- after Adam All-Pros, uh, the amount of guys who have gotten away from Adam Gase and all of a sudden, boom, they, w- they were at this level and boom, now they're up here. Is, uh, it's staggering at this point because they have. They- he- it's not like he's been seven places. I mean, he's been two places. He's been Miami. 
and now he's gone to the Jets. So maybe the best sign for the Jets in the future is that before too long, they are going to be, a lot of these guys are going to be freed from Adam Gase because he's going to be freed from the organization. Although, as I pointed out yesterday, Michael Kay said he is not convinced that that's going to be the case. Now, I don't know if he has some inside information or if he's just kind of reading the tea leaves, but Don and Peter are both saying, you know, this this can't go on forever, right? I mean, most of us, if it's in the season, if it's after the bye, if it's after the season, at some point, I mean, even the Jets have to realize, my God, this is a disaster. But I would say I would not move on from Gase right now because you are going to be looking for another head coach after this year. And what is appealing about the Jets job? Well, it's appealing. It's one of 32 jobs, right? There's not many head coaching jobs. But outside of that, like if you're Eric Bieniemy, who people bring up all the time, if you have no other option, we're talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence going back to school. I would think if Eric Bieniemy's only opportunity is the Jets, there would be at least a, uh, at least a possibility. He says, you know what? I'll just stay with Kansas City. I'll keep looking like a genius here. Like if the Chargers were a team, that said, you know what, we have to move on from our, you know, Anthony, they've lost a lot of close games. Maybe we have to, you know, shake something up here and do something different. Take a look at the, the, the talent level there, the opportunity there. You have a young quarterback who already looks like, you know, I'm not saying he's the real deal yet, but he's showing some positives already. Or the Jets, where, I mean, you talk about a remodel. It's not even a remodel. It's a model. You have to start from scratch. Boy, oh boy, that is that is rough. So if I were to vote today in the poll question, I would say not really, but that's still to be determined because Le'Veon Bell is going to go someplace else. And for a guy who openly said last year his passion, his, uh, his desire to be great, whatever you want to say, at his fire was diminished after getting his big contract, I'm guessing that that fire has been stoked once again, if it could ever be stoked. It has been stoked. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Oh, the, the Hal Steinbrenner. I did want to mention that before we get to the phones. You know, Steinbrenner, Hal was on yesterday. Not really any earth-shattering news there. I mean, all the questions were asked and answered. And, you know, he, in terms of the tone, he kind of, I thought he sounded more like his father more than ever before. Just in terms of his tone, not necessarily of, of the things he said, but Boone's going to be back. Cashman's not going anywhere. He wants LeMayhew back. Garrett Cole was as advertised. And Cashman and Boone will be speaking today. They have their press conference today. I don't know that we'll be carrying it. Maybe we can find that out. It's at noon, but I'm sure we'll be playing cuts of it throughout the various shows. I guess the one bit of surprising news to me was that Hal said yesterday that he expects Gary Sanchez to be back. Do we have that cut, Brian? It is surprising. I guess we'll just have to see about about next year, obviously, going forward. But it's an incredible amount of talent, and we're gonna, he's going to keep working his, his uh, backside off, and we're going to keep, keep helping him in every way we can, and uh, all goes well. I, I believe we'll get him back. All right. So, I mean, it seems like the prevailing feeling has been that they are going to move away from Gary Sanchez. I would hate to be selling low on a guy that you know that if he goes someplace else, that other organization is going to be able to uh, to, to, to tap into that and get him to be as productive, maybe not as as productive as he was, was, but certainly more productive than he's been for the Yankees. So that's the one move that uh, I don't know which way they're going to go. It certainly seemed like the prevailing wisdom was, no, that he's done here and he's going to be shipped out of here and sell low on him. 
Uh, I would not do that. I would think that they, they should be, for a guy that's been in the organization since he was 16, you have to figure out a better approach for the guy. But I'm sure pitching is going to be a focus, starting pitching, relief pitching, and we'll hear what Cashman has to say today. And Boone, although I don't know, is anybody? <laughs> but Boone should just have, have a sign that says, yeah, what he said. like, And just point, you know, has the arrow pointing. Yeah, what he said. I would say you have to go get a lefty bat someplace. You know, the one guy whose name that would not cost you a lot? Like, if you're going to add a lefty bat, he either has to, I think, has to play first base, left field, or maybe catch it. You know the guy who I, I would say, and I've been saying this for a, a while now, the one guy who would be a perfect kind of, wouldn't cost you much, David Peralta. Plays with the Diamondbacks, lefty bat, really good against right-handed pitching. That would be a guy that I would add, especially with the amount of injuries you have in the outfield anyway. Left for, left field, right field, he's, he's a little bit older. I'd prefer he'd be a little bit younger. I think he's 31. But someone like that, a Michael Brantley, he's a free agent. He's a little bit older even, but uh, that's where you have to look. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. All right, let's get some calls in here, shall we? Uh, let's start off with uh, Justin. Justin is in uh, Far Rockaway. Justin. Good morning, Gordon. How you doing? Thanks I'm good, man. What's going call. on? Thanks. Oh, man, man. I'm 40 years old. My team's are depressing, man. Jets, Knicks, Mets, you know. So, But I wanted to talk about the Knicks real quick. Okay. Um, just watching the NBA playoffs, you see guys like Duncan Robinson, um, Chris Nunn, even Jimmy Butler with the 30th pick. I just don't want us to actually mortgage our future like Kevin Knox off just to get like a Chris Paul that's not going to get us over the hump. The reason that is the guy averaged 13 points his rookie year. I think Tibbs is really good at developing talent. And I think we just need to focus on that and organically just develop these guys and play these guys. If you look at this year playoffs, they were playing these young guys, right, undrafted guys. And I just thought that the fact that they had some time to to showcase themselves or play, they did well. And I just want us to actually go to, you know, do that in that regards and just, like, not look for a quick fix. Unfortunately, that's the New York um, model, but I think we really need to develop this young talent and let, let it take its course. So what's yeah. your thoughts on that? Well, look, Justin, I, I the, the Chris Paul one, I don't think that anybody is looking at Chris Paul as being a guy that you're going to bring in and is going to take you to some new level. I just think that he's like a stabilizing veteran who could kind of teach your younger guys the ways of the NBA. Now, I, it would have to depend on what I have to give up. Obviously, that contract uh, is not exactly all that appealing to me. I would like to think that I like the idea of bringing in a veteran point guard who can kind of teach younger guys, especially if you draft one this year, the ways of the NBA and kind of get them, you know, pointed in the right direction. I would think that it would be able to come in an easier and younger fashion than Chris Paul. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's about. All right. Yeah, I just didn't want to get. Thanks again. Yeah, Justin, I appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, look, it would kind of depend on what you have to give up. Uh, you know, Knicks have all these picks that they're going to have here. And, and I would like to, I think that anybody you're, you're moving off this roster, you're selling low on. So uh, the, the, speaking of, you know, we're saying about the Jets being a remodel. It's not a remodel. It's a model. It's kind of the same thing for the Knicks. I mean, they, they are starting from ground. I mean, there is there a team which actually that would be a good poll question for today. Did I already put up the poll question for today? I think I did. Ah, darn it. I did. Uh, which roster actually has less talent? Knicks, Jets. I think it's probably the Jets, but the Knicks, you would say that they are probably the one of, if not the least talented roster in uh, in the NBA. So that, that they are pretty close. To, they're kind of tied at the hip there. Uh, let's go out to Junior in Washington Heights. Junior, what's going on? Hey, good morning, Jordan. How you doing? I'm good, man. What's uh, up? This, 
They're on the Jets. The Jets are so bad that watch Le'Veon Bell. If he plays next year, he's going to win MVP. Just, just nah. <laughs> that would be something, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, my God, that would be something. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't expect him to be that good. I'm sure he'll go someplace, and they will be – They will be. it wouldn't be hard to be better than he was with the Jets, but uh, – Just to stick know. it to Gates. You know he's going to come with his A game now just to stick it to Gates. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, well, look, if, if that's the case – then maybe that's a good sign for the Jets because they're going to move off Gase pretty soon. And you got all these guys. Maybe the maybe Chris Herndon will learn to catch again. Maybe uh, you know. Maybe Sam will find some level of consistency. I don't know. Twenty twenty one Super Bowl champions after Gase is gone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's all. It's almost like you know. You ever um, you like you're playing. Uh, you're you're you know playing softball, playing baseball, and you're on the on deck circle, and you have that that the, the donut on your bat, and you're swinging the heavy donut right, and then you take the donut off, and the bat is so much lighter, you can whip it through the zone. That's Adam. Adam <laughs> Gase is the donut. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go and go to All right, Junior. Thanks for the call. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. Is the phone number Richard in Jersey? Richard, what's going on? Hey, how are you, Gordon? How are you, Gordon? What's up? You know, I got to tell you, man, you're spot on in terms of how you take apart, you know, a team's deficiencies and their weaknesses. I think for the Jets, it's been a really easy, easy year. Most of us Jets fans get to that Sunday and we think we've got an opportunity to win the game. But this is the first year where you can turn on the game. And you can sit there and you just know the outcome. There's no struggle. There's no ups or downs. And you're right. we got to ride the Adam Gase bandwagon. We need this guy probably at least another year. We need to double down on the first pick. We need to get Trevor Lawrence. And then we need to just develop the organizational strategy, culture, and stockpile talent. And then maybe post-Gase, you're right, it will be getting a weight off us. Because coaches – can win you games, but they really can make you lose games. And I think this guy, as you said, has a core group of, of young players that are just not in it. They're not motivated. They look like they're not into the game, and they're just waiting for the 60 minutes to be up. And, and we, de- we do need a motivator of men. And so for this year, best Jets season ever, because you don't need to struggle with are they going to be in the in the end of the game winning it? So thank you very much, my friend. All right, Richard. Thanks for the call. Well, look, I, I think that the reason, the biggest reason why you want Gase to stay here is the most important thing to get out of this year, more so than you know developing talent, more so than, is make this job somehow appealing to the next guy. And the big, the, the best thing that the Jets will have going for them is that that next coach knows he's walking in to being able to get his franchise quarterback right off the bat. That's the most appealing thing by far that the Jets have going for them. And, you know, just get back to the the, the Joe Douglas thing. You know, Joe Douglas is blameless on the uh, Le'Veon Bell situation. He wasn't here when, when he was signed, and and so you don't really put any, uh, any blame on him. There's other things to blame him for, and Robbie Anderson would be one of them. And it makes me it makes you wonder. I think that Gase is clearly Joe Douglas's boss rather than the other way around. But I think most people think that after this year is up, Gase will be out and Joe Douglas gets to make the call on the next head coach. I will say this. If Joe Douglas is this tied to the hip with Adam Gase, well, then you know what? Don't, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. You're out the door as well and we'll bring in someone else who you can't do any worse. Even the Jets, I defy. 
defy the Jets to be able to do any worse than Adam Gase. There's no possible way. Lau pulls one into that shift. Throw to second and a bad throw. Altuve throws it into left field. And another throwing error. Jose Altuve is having such a difficult time. And it can really only be two things. Ronnie, you brought it up yesterday. There's the mental part of it that the players call the thing. But there could be something physically wrong with Altuve as well. He just doesn't look the same. That's a shame. It gets you. It gets you in the in the uh, in the heart, doesn't it? Jose Altuve, big throwing error. Rays open it up, beat the Astros to take Game Three of the American League Championship Series. Now up three games to none in that series. You'd certainly think the Rays in command. Oh, that's a shame. Has uh, Carlos Correa come out and uh, had any comments? You know, what do you have to say now? Well, I have to say now is that you're down three games to none. Certainly seems like your season's over. And it's amazing the amount of people that I saw. And I guess it's, you know, it's reporters who have to have a relationship with players. So I kind of get it. The amount of people that came out and said, oh, no matter what happened, you have to be, feel bad for, for Jose Altuve. Uh, no, I don't. No, I do not. I, uh, I Maybe that makes me a bad person, but you know what? You got to own it. You got to own it. So I guess I'm a bad person. I guess I'm a bad person because I don't feel any sympathy at all. No. The only, the only regret I have is that uh, Carlos Correa and uh, Springer, they didn't do anything either that could uh, get them to, to throw away games, quite literally. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. And we'll get back to the phones about uh, Le'Veon Bell, about the Yankees season. Obviously, today, uh, Aaron Boone and, more importantly, Brian Cashman are going to speak. Brian Cashman is going to speak, and then Aaron Boone is going to take the uh, the stuff from the analytics people, and he's going to formulate it and put his own words on. But today is Wednesday, and it's the third segment. And if you, if you listen to the show regularly, you know that it, it is time for headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. All right, not too many headlines this week. It's actually been a pretty quiet week, but uh, the one story that I loved, 11-year-old boy laughs while leading cops on chase and stolen school bus. There was actually video of this someplace. This 11-year-old kid, I, I guess it, it's in, it was not in Florida. Shockingly enough, this did not take place in Florida. It took uh, place in Louisiana, which feels like it's almost kind of part of Florida at this point. But it took place in Louisiana, and this 11-year-old boy, I, I guess they have in-person learning there. I don't know. He, uh, he got a hold of the school bus somehow, knew how to start it and run it and do all these things. I love this line from the uh, story. i got to get my glasses here. The boy had figured out how to work the bus's push-start ignition, was too short to reach the pedal, so he had to stand up to drive, according to the station, the police station. He was also seen giving the middle finger to cops as he drove past them. Well, if you're stealing a school bus and you're 11 years old and you're, look, you're not going to get in as much trouble as an adult if they had done that. You know, you flip the bird sometimes, you know. I, it's almost like this kid was playing too much Grand Theft Auto and took it into real life. I think that that's what happened. Alright, next headline. Extra, extra! Singapore Airlines pop-up plane restaurant fully booked in minutes. So this is a restaurant, which I'm assuming serves the same kind of food on Singapore. I mean, how bored, how desperate are we as a people 
that we're now going to restaurants that serve you airplane food. I mean, look, it might be good airplane food, but based on what airplane food usually is. Could you imagine? We're going out to a restaurant. Where are we going? Oh, we're going to the Singapore Airlines uh, restaurant. The what? Yeah, they serve you the same food as on the airplane. But we're not going anywhere? No. That doesn't seem all that appealing. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. UK man horrified to discover what he thought was an errant eyelash was actually a huge fly that had been trapped in his eye for hours. How much have you been drinking? That would be my first question. You confused an eyelash with a fly? Usually the eyelashes don't, like, move around in your eye. There's usually a sensation that is quite recognizable. It's usually not the same, I would think, as getting a fly stuck in your eye. All right, this week in Florida, man, let's move on to them. Extra, extra. Uh, Florida man sentenced to two years in prison for shark tank investment turned fraud. Extra, extra. Not the scrub daddy there, huh, buddy? Uh, Florida man arrested with 40 pounds of marijuana. Extra, that extra. That seems like a lot of marijuana. Florida man arrested for assaulting wife with pizza that she threatened to throw away. Extra, extra. It is pizza. I, look, if I were on the jury, I would say you shouldn't do that, obviously. We don't know what the charges, you know, the whole case. But it was pizza. You shouldn't be throwing away pizza. Uh, next one. Extra, extra. Florida emu captured after wandering the streets of Jacksonville. Extra, extra. Florida man needs firefighters after getting stuck in a drain after dropping his phone. Extra, extra. Florida woman tries to sell ring back to the store she stole it from. Extra, extra. Florida woman accused of setting Taco Bell on fire ruled competent to stand trial. Extra, extra. And then finally, deputies searching for Florida man who stole cat blood from clinic. Extra, extra. God only knows what he was going to do with that. I'm just looking at some headlines. I keep seeing, like, some variation of Jets released disgruntled running back Livion Bell. Isn't Jets and disgruntled, isn't that, like, redundant? Once you have one, do you really need the other? Like, you could have disgruntled running back Livion Bell released or the Jets released Livion Bell. I don't think you need both Jets and disgruntled in the same sentence. I think that that's just too much. But, of course, the Jets are too much. Even in a season where it seems like every single day there's, there's something going on. There's some other fire to put out. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. Even think about all the bad teams we have. And yet we go days without talking about the Giants. We go days without talking about the Mets. We go days without talking about the Knicks. We can't go days without talking about the Jets. Each and every day. It's amazing. And usually, as I said earlier, NFL teams reward their players with game balls. The Jets reward their players by making them ex-Jets. It's incredible. 1-800-919-ESPN is uh, the number. 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get some calls. Can we do, have, do we have time for calls, Brian, or are we already out of time here? Oh, we got time for calls. All right. Uh, let's go to Roddy in Jersey. Roddy, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up, Gordon? How you doing? I'm good. I just wanted to know your thoughts. I guess I'm a Jets fan, but should I say disgruntled Jets fan? Yeah, you, it's About, just Jets fan. That's fine. All right. So this is funny. They got to pay Bell, right? They release him. They got to pay him. I wanted to know your thoughts on him, where he where he'll end up. For me, knowing that I'm a Jets fan, he's probably going to end up on the Patriots on a playoff team and make MVP 
and do all these wonderful things now that he's off the Jets. What are your thoughts, Gordon? Uh, I, I look the they, the Patriots have a bunch of guys. It would look. It would it shock me, right? I mean, it, it seems like uh, it seems like Belichick just loves sticking it to the Jets at every single turn. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he loves sticking it to Gase. I mean, remember that play last year with the delay of game? He was smiling on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. So it would not shock me. I would not think that that's the the best spot for him. And, Roddy, thanks for the call. Um, I'll be honest with you. Miami could kind of use him. Uh, Miami doesn't have any great kind of running game, and they play the Jets this week. So uh, I don't know if they'd have any interest in him. I think it's going to take a little while for Bell to kind of find his next spot. And I don't think that Bell has a whole lot left in the tank. It would not shock me if he went someplace and was not, you know, Pittsburgh Steeler Le'Veon Bell. But based on the track record of player, the after Adam All Pros, that's how I like to to refer to them, the after Adam All Pros. Because once people get away from Adam Gase, there's no greater jump in production from established players, players that you think, all right, I know what this guy is. They get away from Adam Gase, and suddenly they're a whole lot better. It's like they're on, uh, it's like they're on uh, what's that? The Compound V from the the TV show uh, The Boys. Uh, let's go out to Danny in Staten Island, Danny. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say I'm a disgruntled Jet fan. That's and, redundant, uh, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm just nah, Danny, your phone is disgruntled as well. As soon as you say the Jets and uh, the, the phone, ah, I hate this call. Let's go to John in West Babylon. John. Hey, everyone, Dave. Uh, I was just wondering, where is it that Adam Gates managed to trick people into thinking he was this great offensive guru coordinator-type guy that was going to develop talent. His job before Miami was what? Was Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos? I could look good with Peyton Manning. I'm, I was a junior high football coach. I don't think it takes much to be good with Peyton. I, I wouldn't think so. But look, John, as I said before, and, and thanks for the call. We're running out of time. I want to get through as many calls as possible. Adam, for, for, for Peyton Manning to make that call, he did more damage to the Jets organization with one phone call than Tom Brady did 20 years playing in the AFC East. The, I mean, it's unbelievable. The house is on fire. It's burning to the ground. I think this is a good time to talk about a contract extension for me. Just for me. As, as, as someone who's looking to supply content, uh, there's, no, there's no well that we go back. There's no tree that provides more delicious fruit than the Adam Gase New York Jets tree. Uh, let's go to uh, Neil in the Bronx. Neil, go. Good morning, Gordon. Um, Gordon, I want to get your take on this because um, the analytics and the number cruncher and the computer printouts—they're not all like one hundred percent. And Kayak had an interesting question: and should he let Aaron Boone more freedom to go with what his gut says? You know, a human human instance. And how said that Aaron Boone is with the analytics? But is that true? Because you know how it is to say no to your boss. But is that true? Uh, well, look, I think it kind of depends on what the what whatever the decision is to be made. And, Neil, thanks for the call. I mean, I, Aaron Boone got the job based on the fact that he would be collaborative with the front office. So what that means is that you're taking the numbers. And, look, I want a manager who's not just playing it by his gut all the time, just making decisions off a whim. I want him to be basing things in reality basing things on numbers, but you do have to have a feel for the game. There is a balancing act to it. So Aaron Boone has not shown so far that ability to have that balancing act. Now, Game 5, I didn't think that he was – it wasn't his fault that you lost Game 5. That was on the individual players. But uh, he's not an advantage, and the Yankees need every advantage they can get. Lewis and Whippany, go quick. 
Hey man, I, I need I need you and all of New York to finally get over their uh, obsession with uh, the Houston Astros. You guys lost, you know, 2017. You guys lost to the Rays in 18. You guys lost to the Astros in 19, and then this year to the Rays. It's not our fault that you guys suck and you guys can't make the World Series. Uh, well, look, Lewis, right? if we have we've been playing on a level playing field, and, and look, thanks for the call. We will get over it once uh, something happens to the 2017 Astros. Nothing happened to the, tw- the, the the title is still there. They're still considered World Series champions. Jose Altuve didn't rip off his shirt. No fear of him ripping off his shirt after last night. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow. A reminder: Regal Tumble coming up on Monday. Send your suggestions at Twitter uh, on Twitter at Gordon Damer. We'll see you tomorrow at five ninety eight point seven FM ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on ninety eight point seven ESPN.